0: What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is the mesh.
1: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newell. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by Gary Muller, who's the Dean of the School in Business at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing today?
2: Doing great. Excited about the holidays. Are you... Uh, Not excited about the cold weather, though?
1: But... Well, it's getting a little cold out there, but it does put you in the uh, mood for, for Christmas and the holidays. Have you done all your shopping? You're wearing your Santa Claus outfit? How are you doing I've there? I've
2: done very little, but as the kids get older, they also learn about their father. Not just giving me a Christmas list, but they actually give me the link so I can't mess it up. Uh, but uh, that, you know what? It takes a little bit out of it, but it makes it a lot more efficient.
1: Well, that's, that, does, uh, that sounds good. And uh, nothing, nothing says holidays like uh, you know, uh, that online shopping, clicking on those links and uh, getting in the spirit. Uh, of course, you're not uh, having to, to elbow people out of the way at the cash register and whatnot. Other than my wife. Uh,
2: it's, she brings hot chocolate, so we sit there.
1: To you and your computer as you're doing your, your shopping.
2: How how times have changed, huh? That's exactly (laughs) right. On uh,
1: today's uh, episode of the Entrepreneur Exchange, uh, we're going to first debunk a few entrepreneurship myths, and uh, we're going to end with our Small Business of the Month feature, but our main topic today is our second annual business lessons from the movie session. And we're going to be joined by Alan Jackson, who is founder of the Foot Candles Film Society uh, here in Western North Carolina. So so that's going to be fun.
2: going to be exciting.
1: But before we get into our, uh, our movies, uh, I was looking at a video uh, on the Kaufman Foundation for Entrepreneurship website. And it was talking about myths of entrepreneurship. And it featured... Dane Stangler who's their vice president of research and policy and for those that don't know uh, the Kauffman Foundation is probably the largest uh, organization dedicated to entrepreneurship not only in the United States but in the world and uh, they do research they do seminars they provide funds to support entrepreneurship efforts so it's a a group definitely worth checking out
2: and we work closely with them in a variety of different things at the college
1: We, we do uh, but uh, this uh, interesting video on the on their website that talks about uh, entrepreneurship myths, and there were there were a few that uh, uh, you, know, you might not expect. First one is that small businesses are not not the most important driver to the economy. Actually. According to uh, Mr. Stangler and the research they've done, it's really not the fact of the size of the business, but it's really the the age of the business. And businesses that are younger and newer typically are uh, what drive the economy and add jobs to the economy. So it's really not the size of the business as much as the age of the business. So new businesses, whether they're small, medium, large, are really what is driving jobs in the economy. Do you think that's true? Hey, I saw it on the internet. It must be true. It must Come be on. true. Well,
2: that's. I think uh, new businesses—they're uh, certainly sparking new ideas, uh, bringing jobs. But I think that's some of the things you see with this newer business. They're looking at new ways of approaching different markets. Otherwise, they're not going to be successful.
1: Well, and and, and uh, you know, it's not saying anything negative about small businesses, but just uh, I guess you can have a small business that has been around for a while, uh, might employ several people, but not necessarily growing and adding jobs to the economy. So they're maintaining, but
2: not necessarily building.
1: Correct. Second myth, uh, also uh, about age, and, and the, the they talk about the the uh, uh, the vision of most entrepreneurs uh, being young guys sitting around in the coffee shop coming up with these fabulous apps or computer programs and uh, that, that most entrepreneurs are in their early 20s. Not so, says the Kauffman Foundation. They say that the peak age for an entrepreneur starting a business is in their late 30s or early
2: 40s. Why do you think that is?
1: I believe that's true. I think experience, uh, a little bit of worldliness, uh, uh, you know, hopefully you learn a th- few things between now and then. And, and, and I also think that there's probably this, this glorified uh, idea of the entrepreneur coming out of college and, and doing all these great things. And, uh, and I'm sure there are ex- you know, we can think of examples like that, whether it be Steve Jobs or, or Bill Gates or some of these people or, or Zuckerberg with Facebook. You know, I think they, they've done incredible things and have gotten a lot of publicity. But in terms of the sheer numbers of people that are succeeding like that, probably not so much.
2: Yeah, I think there are a lot of folks coming out of, in their early 20s that have some great ideas, but it may take them a while to get established, uh, even financially, before they might venture out for a new business.
1: A final myth that I found interesting uh, dealt with the role of incubators for starting businesses, and and I guess there's the perception that that's, uh, that can be a key driver. Coffin's research says not so much. finds that uh, incubators are not particularly effective in uh, helping startup businesses. So you shouldn't be banging your head against the wall if you're not in an, an incubator or feel like you need to get an in, into an incubator if you want to be successful. You can help, but it's, they're not always that effective.
2: Yeah, again, they may work, but it's probably finding the right network, whoever it is or wherever they are, that's going to give you the resources or the, uh, the guidance to make you successful.
1: If you want to see the video or you want to read about Kaufman, you can go to their website, which is www.kauffman.org. And Kaufman is K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N. dot uh, org, and uh, you can uh, find that video. You can see a lot of research, a lot of uh, interesting topics relating to entrepreneurship. So you should check it out if they you're have interested. A lot of
2: good things on their website. A lot of so, good speakers that they. Show little clips of that I think are very helpful to people, whether you're in big business or small business. I agree.
1: Well, let's get to our main topic today, which is business lessons from the movies. And uh, let's introduce our guest,
3: who is Alan Jackson. Alan, how are you doing? Hey, good morning. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. We're good. Right. Thanks for having me back again. This is like an uh, annual tradition now, right? This is fun. Yeah. the second
1: annual tradition now. Alan is is uh, as I mentioned, he's the co-founder of the Foot Candles Film Society. Uh, here in our area, which brings critically acclaimed movies to uh, Hickory, North Carolina, which generally don't spend a lot of time or reach our local multiplex. Unfortunately, and, no. Yeah. And he's also the uh, co-founder of the uh, the Mesh Network, uh, so we're very happy that uh, that you're with us, and, and
3: you're, you're sort of a, a, a film aficionado, so uh, we like to knock it around with you. Absolutely. I always look forward to this. This was fun last year, so when you uh, invited me back, I, my wheels started turning, so I've put... Considerably more research into this year 's selections than I did last year's because I know the stakes are now raised a little bit yeah, i've agree. got we 've got a reputation thing. to stick That's up exactly to here, right. so weekend at bernie 's two will not be making my list <laughs> this
1: year'm uh, i sure <laughs> that so our, our listeners
3: are very pleased to hear this <laughs> <laughs> well let's let 's remind
1: everyone of our premise here that uh, we're we're in the holiday season we're entering we 're getting close to Christmas, and uh, we know that uh Many of us are going to spend time with our families uh, around the, the fireplace and around Christmas time, and we're going to have wonderful times catching up. But at some point, that conversation may lag, and we might be sitting around saying, hey, let's put on a cool movie and
3: and, uh, and, and chill out a little bit. That happens about 48 minutes into my uh, holiday well, weekend, well, typically. Yeah, so.
2: I wasn't going to stand.
1: We weren't going to send any over and unders here on right. that one. But uh, and our guidelines are... It does not necessarily. It's not really uh, has to be a Christmas movie. It's got to be a movie that provides a business lesson, or or uh, you know, a movie that we've enjoyed that provides a, a lesson about business. So that's uh, you know we 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 have broad guidelines. So uh, so uh, that's that's our approach here, and we'll go around the room and and talk a little bit about uh, some of the movies that we've enjoyed. Uh, can be recent movies. Can be movies from somewhere in our deep, dark past, whatever whatever uh, whatever is uh, whatever you're thinking about. So, Alan, you are our guest. Why
3: don't you go first oh, and tell us about a
1: movie absolutely. That, uh, that you like?
3: Great. Uh, sure. Well, the first one I wanted to talk about um, is a film called Up in the Air from 2009. This was a George Clooney film about uh, a guy who basically his living is to go around and help companies downsize by laying off people. That's his job. He goes in. He's the guy that if you 're the boss and you don 't want to have to get down and, and dirty and actually lay the people off yourself, you bring in an outside group, they come in and they fire people in a very methodical uh, systematic way, and they do it to minimize risk and everything else involved This movie was was really fascinating for me to watch from a business perspective for a lot of reasons, you know one, even just watching this guy 's travel habits uh I don't travel anywhere near as much as this guy does. This guy's on the road I, I don't all think, the time. I don't think
1: anyone did. No, no but the fact true. that
3: he still had certain lessons and things and tricks he knew about going through security lines at the airport, how to expedite the whole process, and how to pack as lightly as possible. Those were really neat little, little things to see. But really what I got from this movie, a couple of really important lessons, actually two really big lessons I got out of this one there's a real theme running throughout the film about listening to people and listening to customers and listening to employees. There was actually a scene it's kind of a a very depressing scene where uh, he, Ryan, who George Clooney's character has got a kind of a protege going with him to learn the ropes. She's planning on automating this whole firing process, doing it remotely using technology. But when they actually go on site and he has her actually fire somebody, um, the woman expresses some suicidal thoughts about losing your job, the person they're firing. Ryan uh, and Natalie, the, the protege girl, you know, Natalie's very concerned about this afterwards. Ryan's like, uh, eh, it happens. They always say those kind of things and don't let it get to you. Come to find out the employee did kill themselves shortly afterwards. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's humanizing a process. It's remembering in the business world. I mean, we're still dealing with people. Uh, No matter what tough situations we have to go through and what kind of decisions have to be made, I think there's a real lesson about humanizing the process and not getting so cold and distant from it. I think it's important. Yeah. If you just become robotic
2: about it. You're not going to handle the people well, and we're dealing with people's lives.
3: Yeah, I mean the thing is, you can you can try to automate the process and and try to maximize the profit and maximize the efficiency, but that's not going to last long. I mean, there's I, I don't know of any have, business. Have a, a human yeah, I don't know any business that can sustain long term, going that cold and distant without listening to people. And then there's also a little bit of a theme about just this whole uh, computerization and technology not becoming so reliant on that the company that Ryan worked for was planning on automating the whole firing process, doing it through remote webcams and making it very technology driven. But by the end of the film, that whole idea had kind of blown up, didn't work. And Ryan was rebelling against it the whole time because he wanted to be traveling and going out there for his own reasons. But I think there was a lesson there about, we can't just assume we can digitize everything. We can't make everything so technology driven. So in the end of the day, even though it was a, a downer of a movie and I didn't come away feeling very good, um, because ryan's character he he's someone who just he lived for the travel and the not having to be anywhere as a home Uh, and he got his life kind of flipped upside down by a lot of these changes but at the end of the day i do think there's important messages about listening to people and the human element in the business world being important and not relying on technology to to help solve all our problems with it so it's a good movie not the most uplifting movie at the end of the day but but a good movie, though. So. I feel
2: the same way. I yeah. I took away very similar messages when I yeah. watched it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I, I almost put that one on my list, but I okay. was, I was saying, you know, I. Sort of a downer of a movie there. Yeah, I know, you know I know. It's, it's, it's Christmas it, time. You know? And I
3: did have to remember, remind myself, this okay. is Christmas time. But, you know, in the Jackson household, we, we sometimes go with some depressing, okay. alternative, independent foreign films, who knows what. Mm-hmm. So okay. up in the air, compared to what I typically will watch, it was actually kind of uplifting. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But I do think the messages are, if you can walk away with the good messages about uh, the human element in business, I think, it's a, I think it's a good one to watch. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Gary, what about you? As he hesitates.
2: Nah. Last year we talked about Wall Street movies, mm-hmm. yeah. one and two, uh-huh. and I still think they're really good movies. Yeah. This is an honest-to-goodness, true story. Uh, as a Christmas present, to me, my wife agreed for me to go watch The Wolf of Wall Street with oh, boy. her on Christmas. day. Oh, because <laughs> I'd heard this great build-up, but I had not heard what mm. it was really about. And so we go in on Christmas. We had a great Christmas morning and get looking forward to the kids coming back on Christmas a day after. It's a three-hour movie, which I didn't know or I didn't tell my wife about. Maybe that's a better answer. Mm -hmm. And five minutes into it, after Matthew McConaughey, which kind of was calm in what was being said, uh, it was... A bad experience. Uh, <laughs> Not quite that? the Christmas Day I mean, movie we, for uh, we joke family about get it together. That we won't do that again. Yes. she gets to pick the Christmas movie this year. But you know, it was a about a real guy, and mm. there's some good things if you could stand the rest of it <laughs> well you know the thing so is, we won't talk about uh, it yeah
1: right <laughs> so is this is your what you're referring people to see this time I am telling
2: people <laughs> not to <in> okay <laughs> it was one of the things actually I was previewing I was going to show it in some of my business classes oh boy in the spring semester and God bless America I did not
3: that could have been bad that was really <laughs> well the key with that movie is I mean yeah it's extremely over-the-top raunchy yeah. uh, uh, violent I mean just everything you can imagine uh, If you can make it through it, I think the lesson you come away with that is, I mean, unfortunately it's not a great lesson, but you know, here's a guy that he did a lot of unscrupulous things. He, he, he cheated a lot of people out of money. He, he, he left a lifestyle that I don't think any of us should ever strive to lead. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's still giving seminars on how to do what he did. And there's a crowd of people wanting to learn it. So it's like. It's almost the anti lesson it's yeah, like we're you know
2: successful at what we our, <laughs> we don't
1: want, want people our to be successful to at and, so, uh, and unfortunately, so this is, is this like gecko
3: on steroids or, or
1: uh oh, oh yes,
2: I mean Wall Street one and two are very calm. And,
1: yeah
3: more more gratuitous
1: sex uh, violence oh, yeah,
3: yeah. uh
2: yeah
1: definitely so on on sex and so drugs
3: yeah. and, and drugs sex drugs and rock and roll were definitely amped okay. up to eleven on this film, All so right. uh it, it's it's we we discussed it on our film podcast because uh, Chris and I both had very uh, opposite reactions to it. Um, I liked the film for what it was, but I would never advocate it as a fan, you know, go see yes. it with the, uh, a family or, or for a holiday get together. Whatever, it's it was a fascinating film to see just how immoral you know somebody in the yeah. business world could be. And it's a real story. Yeah, it's a true story. It's, That's what's scary it's about a it. Scary. So, so it's almost like the perfect anti-lesson. Yeah. So, on a business side, so that so. wasn't my movie. that I want to talk about. No. I
2: want to talk real <laughs> briefly about other people's money. It's about That's, twenty years old with Danny DeVito and Gregory Peck. Yes, and it, again, it's another real type of story where Danny DeVito is the ruthless mm-hmm. investor that just doesn't worry about people or companies. He just worries about the numbers. Uh, does have He has a little soft side because he likes the attorney for the company that he wants to take over and sell their assets mm-hmm. and just make money for the investor. I actually did show that in a few of my classes in okay. finance and investments. and They came away very well uh, with a very good understanding of, okay. uh, that that's the real world sometimes. Yeah. There aren't too many people like that, but there are many in Wall Street that just are evaluating companies and not worrying about the people. Now, the other side of it is Gregory Peck mm-hmm. just wants to kind of keep things status quo and working and not looking at what maybe the return is for the investor.
3: So there are two sides to it. And if I recall, and I don't want to spoil the ending for anybody of the film, but I mean, it, it kind of ends on a, a little more optimistic note, if I remember correctly, about, you know, maybe kind of finding some good middle ground or some different sides working together. Or am I thinking correctly on that or did it? Well,
2: it, it kind of has. It's a proxy fight. Yeah. And
3: yeah, like I said, we don't want to spoil the end. because sure. It is a, a good movie. Right. Uh,
2: but, it, yeah, it kind of goes down and comes up a little mm-hmm. bit. At
3: sure. The end. It, it, it reminded me when I rem- remember seeing it. It's been a long time since I have saw it last, but I do remember it being fairly enlightening as to some of the backroom dealings and yes. things that go on in the business world and I, I thought it was pretty impressive from that standpoint. Yeah I, I
2: thought they handled it so if you really weren't interested in investments you could, you could take away the message mm-hmm. of uh, what they were trying to get across. That's a good pick.
3: I, I hadn't remembered that film in a long time so I gotta see if I can find it somewhere online and watch it again now so.
1: No, that's good for me because I haven't seen that one. So. And
3: Danny DeVito is Danny DeVito but he, he does a really good job. So so
1: if I'm, if I'm dragging my family to the uh, to the TV to watch a movie, you're you're saying the family movie, other people's money could be acceptable, Wolf of Wall Street, not so much. <laughs>
2: yes, that would be my okay. call.
1: That's my takeaway. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, my first movie recommendation uh, is also based on a true story. It is Moneyball, Uh-oh. the uh, 2011 uh, movie that uh, – was about the uh, way that uh, general manager Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt, okay. the general manager of a baseball team, the Oakland A's, and uh, the Oakland A's are a team that don't have the budget that a lot of the large baseball teams like the Yankees and Red Sox do to throw at players, so he hires a uh, uh, an analyst uh, economist uh, played by Jonah Hill to come in and uh, crunch some numbers and look at different statistics that perhaps other teams don't put as much emphasis on like on-base percentage and uh, players that don't strike out as much and and he tries to put together a baseball team on the cheap that can compete and uh, he's uh, questioned at every turn by his scouts who are the old school to say you can't do it that way you know it's you know, the players need to do this do that and and he's looking at numbers and analytics in a whole way that no one in baseball has ever looked at and uh, you know as as they go through it uh, despite the fact that he's being questioned by his scouts being questioned by some of the players on his team being questioned by the manager of the team who totally disagrees with the approach that he's doing which uh, uh, the the manager's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman who you know has done so many great roles or you know and and unfortunately passed away this year, but uh, he's had so many great roles and never would have seen him in a baseball movie that is not what strikes me as a Philip Seymour hop and roll, but as one would expect from him he he does it beautifully um uh, you know, in the end, uh, the the A put together a fabulous season, go on a great long a winning streak, and this is true, and uh, make the playoffs on on this uh, on a low shoestring budget. And uh, Brad Pitt's really good, Jonah Hill's really good in it. Uh, you know, if you like sports, if you like business, good movie. From a business lesson perspective, to me, it's uh, there are analytics out there that. Uh, Perhaps you haven't thought of before metrics that you need to be looking at that might be very valuable to your business. You can run some of your business on gut feel, but sometimes you have to look at the numbers. And and sometimes things are undervalued. You have to take a step back and think a little bit out of the box in your business to be successful. Uh, You have to get a little bit more creative. When you're the low-budget guy competing against uh, someone with all the money, so, you know, you you you're probably not going to want to go out there and compete against them on price because they're going to kill you. over it. They've got deeper pockets, so you've got to you've got to outthink them sometimes. And this is a a movie that really demonstrated that, and uh, to me, had some really good lessons. Yeah, I think that's a great.
3: You
2: can't compete head on head with other people's strengths. So you've got to find another way
3: to find that edge. I have not seen that movie and I've been meaning to see it for quite a while now. So I can't uh, believe you haven't seen that. I movie. haven't seen it. Oh, no, nope. so It's I... on my, it's on my watch list, which grows every single day. But, uh, yeah, no, I'd heard some great things about it. And I think I actually, um, when I was at a statistics conference years ago, um, actually Billy Bean was the keynote speaker, uh, out in Las Vegas. And so I got to hear him talk about, uh, uh, the world of statistics a little bit more. And, uh, yes, I went to a statistics yeah, you know, conference. I'm, I'm, that was I'm, my I'm, That's what I do in my free time.
1: We're, 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 we're gracious. <laughs> we're laughing with you.
3: <laughs> <not acting> <laughs> yes, in my other alternative life, I, I crunch numbers and uh, statistics and, and data and everything else. So, Everyone um, needs a hobby. Yeah, there you go. And uh, it was fascinating to hear because I wasn't familiar with his background or his story before hearing him talk, and then years later, this movie is being made. So I really need to catch up on the movie. So, and,
1: and actually, it was—it's based on a book written by Michael Lewis, who's mm-hmm. written several business-related books, uh, a book same name, Moneyball. So, uh, um, you know, just if you like movies, check out the movie. If you like books, it's also a good book to read. So awesome.
3: Well, I uh, okay, so my first pick was a little bit of a downer. I understand that. So let me try to reverse that a little bit and make up for it. And I'm going to give one that's a, a good, just light movie, a little on the comedic side. And it is one of my few uh, 1980s guilty pleasures. Right? There are certain movies that most people would not think that I absolutely love as much as I do. Tootsie being one of them. Okay. Love Tootsie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Nobody would ever guess that. Working girl is the other one. That's the one I was actually going to mention as an example here. Because when I started thinking about business world and trying to make your way to the top and taking risk and sometimes kind of figuring out where great ideas come from, this movie actually has a lot to say with it. So it really does. Uh, You got Melanie Griffiths starring as a secretary who really has some higher ambitions, but she's trying to do things the right way. And she kind of finds a lot of obstacles keep getting put in her path. She's got a boss who is uh, not the most honest person in the world. When when Tess, uh, Melanie Griffiths' character, comes up with a great idea for their company and she pitches it to the boss, the boss basically takes it and runs with it and doesn't give Tess any credit. Now, at that point, Tess starts getting a little more risk-taking to try to make her way. She actually takes on her boss's role and tries to be her while her boss was out after an accident on a ski trip. So on the integrity side, okay, maybe she crosses a few lines. Maybe she does some things that she shouldn't do. But the overall intention was she knows that she has something more to give to the business world. She really wanted to accelerate her life, but she's dealing with people that are not playing fair. And she felt like she kind of had to stoop to that level to get there. In the end of the day, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. It's light. It's, it has some funny moments to it. Harrison Ford's in it. Um, plays a great role there. Um, but, you know, the whole idea of sometimes getting a, getting ahead takes risk. And I think this movie speaks to that. And probably one of my favorite notions from it is, I mean, the idea she got that she came up with that was stolen from her about their company's merger and how both companies could really succeed if they worked together came from a her daily gossip column she was reading. And she just read it and said, that gives me an idea. So it's kind of this idea of, you know, even anybody in your organization could be the one to come up with your next great idea. So don't discount them. Don't. You know, uh, uh, hold them in a position just because of the position they hold. If somebody's got a good idea, let's take it and use it and and do something with it and make sure that person has the credit for the idea and is a part of that. So um, I think Working Girls is a great movie. I think it's a very inspiring movie. And uh, probably what I love most about it too is the fact that, you know, so many people I'm sure that are out there that uh, have the potential to be really good business people and really successful, they may be surrounded by friends, family, people in their community that are very down on the idea and more negative and not very reinforcing of that. And she's in that same situation. You see her, her fiance or boyfriend, whatever it is played by Alec Baldwin and other characters. They're not very supportive of her wanting to make it anything more than a secretary, but she's still, very focused and despite all those other distractions around her she's she knows where she wants to go with things so I I think it's a very very uplifting inspiring movie so hopefully that makes up for my up in the air you do walk away from the movie feeling pretty good it's a good positive ending Um, so uh, you know maybe that's a double feature once up in the air gets you to a low point emotionally watch this one and you'll come back up and pause it on the other side place which one yeah definitely this needs to be the the second one of your double feature I like the
2: movie it's funny you just said I've been working with somebody that is trying to move up in an organization and their support group is not support. Uh, yeah. It's and tough. Saying, hey, you, if you want to move forward, you should move forward and don't let other people hold you back. Cause sometimes when you're successful, people get jealous Yeah, and don't give you the support for alternative reasons.
3: Well, it's just, you know, and, and even in the kind of region of the country we live in, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people around us that extremely talented, extremely smart, great ideas, but they don't have that, Network around them to encourage them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, either you've got to be so strong that you can rise above it or you just get sucked down into it. And that's a shame for people. So um, it is tough. You know, it's really tough. And and I I think that movie was made in
1: the late 80s. 88. mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, we would like to think that the opportunities for women in the workplace have Improved since that time, and and I think that they have not to the level yeah. that they need to, but right. uh, uh, you know, at that point in time, yeah, uh, the, you know, there there are some stereotypes of what women should be doing in the yeah. workplace, and and uh, um, you know, this movie, you know, helped to to break some of those ceilings or break some of those stereotypes. I think so too. So.
3: There's even some a little commentary about you know how the the girls are supposed to dress mm-hmm. to be perceived as professional, and it's just a lot of. A lot of stereotypical things and the glass ceiling uh, concept that I think was at its height probably in the late 80s. And I agree. I think it's gotten much better. Probably still not where, exactly where it needs to be yet. But uh, this movie, I think, made a big step in getting people to recognize um, equality in the workforce. And uh, uh, it's a good movie. It's a really fun movie.
0: We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. All right,
2: Gary, let's say you. Okay, my next one, have to know that I have an older brother that... Showed me some different things in music. So I have a broad range from people. I like things from the 60s all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. But I'm picking Jersey Boys.
3: Oh, okay. Have you all Interesting. seen it? I've only seen the play. I haven't yeah. seen the movie, though. I, did you I
2: like I, the play? I really did
3: like yeah, the play. Yeah, I've heard
2: yeah. really good things
1: about it. Yeah. That. I've not seen it, but tell me.
2: Tell me more. It's about Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. And he comes from a tough area. And, but he's obviously very talented, but he has some good friends along the way, and you see the trials and tribulations of starting a musical group. And it's, I kind of picture some of the like with athletes and different folks. They were very successful. Of course, they went through when you have five people, you're going to have different personalities and different challenges, even in the creative way. But they were very, very successful for a period of time. And then one of the, the seasons was. Uh, Trying to live above his means, mm-hmm. and at maybe the peak of where they were in popularity and success, they found out that he had taken all their money and more. Mm-hmm. And they could have turned him out, mm-hmm. and Frankie Valley basically assumes the debt. This is trying to cut through most of it believe, mm-hmm. uh, for this fella and takes on debt that they don't have the ability to pay. And Frankie Valley is now uh, to help paying, and their popularity drops a little bit, so he's mm-hmm. now playing in clubs and getting $100 a night and $200 a night, but he has some good friends that help him get a, a second chance, and of course, we know the rest is history, he's mm-hmm. now worth, as my wife looked up, many millions of dollars, so mm-hmm. I guess the good part of this is uh, he did something very positive to save his friend and... And be the good friend mm-hmm. and he was rewarded for it at the end but a lot of hard work he is now 80 years old and still working wow um, hopefully because he wants to hopefully that's <laughs> now that's why we looked it up to see if yeah. he's doing it because he has to or because he yeah. he wants to now but shows that very talented but you do have to watch the business side and watch mm-hmm. your partners and make sure again you're surrounded with the right people and I guess the fellow that got him in trouble was a good friend of Frankie Valli's but yeah had some other challenges and other things he wanted to do. Well,
3: you know, it's always interesting to me with so many, uh, whether it's a film about a, a band or a musician or just a book or just a documentary on TV, whatever it may be, so many of these talented artists, especially in the music field, I, I don't know what it is about the musicians versus other uh, more entertainment industries, just uh, they don't seem to have that that concept of they're, they're, they're their own business. They are exactly. a business. And just because you're making a million dollars this year, that doesn't mean that it's going to keep going that route and you can't go out and spend 999,000 of that million dollars. Exactly. Assuming that every year is going to be the same Uh, entertainment business. is So flaky and up and down and hit or miss
2: very cutthroat. Mm -hmm.
3: No. Yeah. So, uh, it always just kills me when I hear these huge performers that are so popular for so many years. And then a few years later, they're flat broke. Exactly. And you just kind of want to just take them and say, what did you do? You know, (laughs) why Mm. did you not save some of this or plan ahead? So, uh, so I think a little bit with Jersey boys too. I mean, luckily they were friends and luckily they were there to support one another, but you got to treat even an entertainment group. You're a business. I mean, Absolutely. you are a money making machine and you got to figure out how to make that money last and give you the kind of lifestyle that you want to have in the years to come. It's so. just like,
2: it really is. They're entrepreneurs to some mm-hmm. extent because they're mm-hmm. contractors or independent contractors that they have. And they may be very talented, but it's just like a lot of entrepreneurs. They've got a great idea, but they need to understand the business side or somebody's going to take advantage of
3: it. Or just at least have somebody helping you manage the business side yes. that you trust and you can confide in. Because uh, you know, I wouldn't expect a, a great musician to always be a good business savvy no. person. But as long as you've got somebody you can trust and say, I know that person's got my back and they're going to watch out for my business interest, um, you've got to have that resource somewhere. That's and, a, and, uh, a good lesson learned yeah. for
2: everybody in business.
3: Sure. That's a good pick. That's an interesting pick. I like that. And I like the music. Yeah, yeah. Well, the play was great. I know when I saw the play, reading. it was uh, really good. And I haven't got around to seeing the movie yet, but uh, definitely it's on on my list as well. My list keeps building. My family's <laughs> not going to see me this holiday because I've go. got now like, three new movies to watch now. So,
1: all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the level of the conversation down a bit here. So, <laughs> thanks, I <We> appreciate that, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, which I'm good at. Because you know, sometimes when you, sometimes you don't want to have to think too much, and you just want some mindless. Sophomoric entertainment, and and and, uh, if it can give you a business lesson, all the better. (laughs) So, so my recommendation, if you're into the mindless sophomoric entertainment is is Tommy Boy with uh, <laughs> Chris Farley no, that's great. playing. The uh, uh, movie opens. He's graduating college after seven years, I think. Uh, his, uh, his name is Tommy Callahan. and He goes back to Ohio to work in his family business, Callahan Auto. And his father is uh, Big Tom Callahan, played by Brian Dennehy. And and uh, they sell auto parts, and they're working on new brake pads, and uh, his father is a widower, is getting ready to get remarried, and I guess actually does get remarried, and dies unexpectedly of a heart attack. Mm. And uh, the bank uh, has all the confidence in the world in, in big Tom Callahan, but the uh, they really don't know how the company's going to operate without them, and they decide they're going to take their funding away. And Chris Farley and uh, his sidekick, uh, David Spade, have to hit the road and try to convince their customers to stay with them and buy their new brake pads, and, and hijinks ensue, and, and uh, ultimately they figure out a way to save the company. And uh, Very silly humor, interesting in terms of the way they sell, but to me the business lesson... Succession planning. You better have (laughs) some succession planning in place in that uh, this company was totally built around the one dude, uh, Big Tom Callahan, who had all the relationships with the customers, uh, knew the business inside and out. And maybe ultimately his plan was for his son to come over and take the business, but uh, his son was not ready when he had to jump into it and Mm – it's a movie. It's fun. Uh, it works out in the end, and uh, they, they figure out a way to save the company. Uh, but uh, you know, if you're in business, particularly in a family business, uh, trying to figure out how to pass along the business, try to make sure you've got the proper people in place to pass along the business. Because sometimes in family businesses, the next generation might not be prepared. They might mm-hmm. not be interested in the business. Just figuring out that appropriate succession plan is very, very important. I think it's a very good
2: lesson.
3: Well, I think it's a great pick and a great lesson. I, I, I know there's other themes in the movie bouncing around about uh, uh, personal relationships in the business world versus the big corporate uh, world and all that. But I actually, I think your succession planning is probably the best lesson out of that movie. That's uh, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, that's the thing is where you, you see so many businesses hinging on one person, one personality that person's gone for whatever reason and there's nothing left. There was no planning involved. I mean, it's, it's something you know, I'm my, my, business is a family business. I'm second generation. Uh, I got to start thinking about third generation at some point, or at least figuring out what happens if, if I'm not here. And uh, that's a, that's a really good, really good point Brilliant. from that film. It's a fun movie too. It's yeah. a really some, funny some,
1: movie. Some some fun characters. Rob Lowe's in it. Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, even Bo Derrick is in it. So yes. I mean, there's some some interesting characters in it. And and I'm I spent a lot of my career in a family business as well. And my buddies would uh, give me the the little elbow in the ribs and say and call me Tommy Boy. I don't know if you get that. <laughs> I don't know if you get that, Alan. But uh, uh, a you, little you know, bit. So, yeah. so anyway, it's uh, it's. That's my uh, my lighter entertainment recommendation oh, that's for fun. our, our listeners. All right, Alan, do you have a do you have a, a, a final I have a, one. I have, have a final one. Us? Sure, okay, well. I do. But and take um, the last one there.
3: This one, um, man, this one's actually got a lot going for it, but. Uh, uh, and I don't know if it's, it's not a it's not a happy movie by any means, but it's also not a depressing movie. It's just it's it's an interesting document of our times. I think, uh, the Social Network from just a few years ago, the Facebook movie, the guy, yeah, uh, you know, David Fincher directed a movie about um, Mark Zuckerberg. supposedly – you know a little bit of a modified version of Mark Zuckerberg creating Facebook, and I really like the movie just because technically it's a really great movie, but. I tried to look at it from a what can you take away from this from a business standpoint because there's a lot of shady dealing business going on in this, in this film about you know, people stabbing each other in the back, people taking ideas from one another. But the idea you've got is you've got these two twins, which I just think are the, probably the best part of the story is the Zuckerberg – not Zuckerberg, the Winklevoss uh, Vink, twins who were the Harvard students who came up with the very, very early idea of what Facebook was going to come become. They hired Mark Zuckerberg to be their programmer and developer to build it, and basically Mark took the idea and ran with it and created Facebook. The The Winklevoss twins came away with nothing. Now, some people feel sorry for the Winklevoss twins saying, you know, hey, it was their idea, and, and Mark Zuckerberg took it and ran with it. And maybe there's some some truth to that. But I actually look at those two twins and say, what – What did they do wrong? What was it that they just didn't have the head for business on this thing? They may have had this initial concept seed of an idea, but they weren't passionate about it. They weren't really willing to put in their own time and energy to develop it. They would rather just hire somebody, spend money on somebody, have them do it. And sometimes that works in business. Other times it doesn't. I think you got to still be passionate about what you want to do. The difference between them and Mark Zuckerberg is Mark was passionate about it. He was willing to put every ounce of his energy, time, and, and ability into it where these guys just wanted to write him a check and say, hey, we got this idea, and just go do it and build it, and then we get to reap all the benefits from it. So the guy, the fact that the, the, the twins were so rule-bound and saying they very limited in their thought process. Way too disciplined about how to make a business work and they thought it was all just about money Just write a guy check and just they're gonna build us something. We're gonna make money And of course some arrogance with it, too So they end up losing out of this whole thing. I think lawsuits are still going on to this day about it Now, but then you take mark zuckerberg and i'm not advocating that he's the business model anybody ever follow to follow either because he He stabbed people in the back. He was uh, very arrogant in his own right but I will t- say at least he showed a level of dedication and focus and determination that was admirable. You know, you wish you could just take the rough edges and the personality and make him a nicer person and nicer to his friends and more cooperative. But at least he was somebody that was very singular focus. So I know what I want to do with this. I'm going to charge forward. I may get some input from other people, but overall, it's still going to be a vision I want to pursue. So some good things. Slight lessons to take from it, but there's also just as much of what not to do. You know, at the end of the day, the, the message is Mark Zuckerberg sits alone in a room with no real friends, nobody really caring for him because he's burned everybody out of his life. Uh, he may have one of the most successful websites in the world, but if you don't have your partners and your friends and people to confide in, is it, really, is it really worth it? it? Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I admired the energy, I admired the focus and the dedication, but you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the. The, the, the way he he got there, so with relationships to other people so,
1: so it 's an I, interesting film I, I also uh, to me you know I, I, I hear what you 're saying about uh, the twins wanting to write a check and not do the work. Not everyone knows how to write code or build true. websites and that sort of thing to me there 's also a lesson there of of getting a good lawyer to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that 's true. true to okay. contract up yeah. before before you go too far or or you know are, are there are patent and trademark type issues out there. Yeah, um, no, that's a good yeah, point. Which, which, you know, they're, they are certainly not always foolproof, you know, and yeah. that, that might not have solved their problem. But, but, uh, you know, you'd like to think that uh, a handshake uh, in trusting someone is, is the way to do business. And you, I, I'd like to think that, too. It doesn't always work that way. Well,
3: it seemed to me that their biggest fault was they hired the guy and then they just kind of ran off and did their own thing yeah. waiting for him to just do it. Where, no, they shouldn't have had to be involved in code and knowing how to program, but taking a more active involvement in it and monitoring it and watching it and knowing that when things start to go off the rails, all right, we got to go in a different direction. Let's find a different route. They seem to be so we're, 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 uh, you know, we, we're so arrogant about this stuff. We're just going to hire this guy and wait a few months and I'm sure he's just going to turn this out and we're going to make money from it. So it's probably that level of involvement they should have had in the whole process and a little more passion for it as opposed to just seeing it as a money-making thing. But yeah, absolutely. If they had had a better legal document from day one, a little bit more protection, The whole, yeah. this movie wouldn't even exist. Facebook may not even exist the way yeah. it is. Who knows? Uh, it'd be a whole different world for, for, for sure.
1: All right. So I'm going to sum up our, our 2014 business lessons from the movie recommendation. We've got up in the air, other people's money, Moneyball, working girl, jersey boys tommy boy and the social network we suggest that you consider one of these when you're when you're sitting down with the family you know and just one other one that it's a wonderful life you know if you want to know how the old building and loan works and the the old run of the bank not a bad business movie there too and you can probably tie that one into your holidays i suspect it might be on a station near you i have another one Uh, every night we won't talk
2: about it much but If you want to feel good, and it has a business message, it's Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, yeah. Where they prove Santa Claus. But Mm -hmm. Mr. Macy's smart enough to know that Chris Kringle is bringing business into the store. There you go. There you
3: go. Yeah, so. And you may want to, as a family, decide the watching order of these films as we've discussed already too because right. uh, be careful not to end on the, the one of the more down or depressing ones. So uh, Watch one of the
2: last
1: two. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and if plot you your
3: end. sequence very carefully. And so. if you get Wolf of Wall Street, do it when the kids
1: Ooh. are in bed. Yes, That's so an after hours right, uh, so. late night That's screening. Right. The, yeah. They'll not save for work or the, the family either. So there you go. All right. We like to uh, end our podcast with our small business of the month. And... Uh, we're going to ask Alan. Alan, you, you have uh, someone you want to give a shout-out to? Yeah, I
3: I, I I will. And actually, I'm going to plug another one of our shows here on the Mesh Network as well, uh, the customer service show we do called Stepping Up Service, because every month we talk about a any uh, customer service experience we had in the last month that we want to highlight for people. And it's either my co-host and I, We it's one we would have had in the last month that could have been positive or negative, but we try to at least highlight it and say what went right or what went wrong with it. So I brought this company up last month in our episode, and but the more I think about it, I really want to highlight them because they're, they're doing it right. Uh, I'm a member of a Rotary Club. We have a big youth soccer tournament we put on every year, and we've always handled that tournament through registration, through paper and fax and just very manual process. So this year we decided we were going to get more automated with it, and I found a service called Sports Sign-Up. And... Um, It's an online service. They basically will manage your entire tournament for you. They'll handle online registrations, payment for fees, brackets on the tournament, everything. There's a lot of services that do this. Well, I've come to find out as I was researching it. What really made this place shine and why I wanted to highlight them is from the minute I visited their website and posted my first question or, or asked for more information, I've had the most pleasing customer service experience I can imagine People contacting me, offering to ask questions, willing to uh, set up a WebEx with me at any time, even like after our work hours, just to walk me through the system. You know, they they did a lot of the legwork for me because they knew my time was limited. And they said, hey, we're going to just going to get this set up for you and we'll do this work for you. Don't sweat it. You know, one time uh, during one of our film screens, our film society, I'd already seen the the movie we we were going to watch. So I was out in my car holding a webex on my laptop with this guy at like 8:30 at night. That was he said, "Hey, I'll I'll meet you whatever time you want and talk you through the system." Just the customer service element of it. They're they're dealing with a very technology-driven website that could be almost self-running, but I've had no less than 3 different people at different times reach out to me and offer to help us get where we need to be with this process. So Sports signup.com. I know it's a very limited market out there for anybody looking to run a youth or a a sports tournament of any type. But uh, to me, it was more of an example of a company that knows we drive something on the web and it could be a very faceless thing, but we're not going to let it be a faceless product. We're going to really have that dialogue and and connection with our customers. And it's been great. So uh, they want to highlight them. I think. I don't know if they're relatively new or not, but I know they're still a a fairly small organization from what I can tell. So uh, I definitely want to give them a little kudos for that. Okay. Good
2: Good deal. All right, Gary,
1: what do you have?
2: Well, Jeff, my small business for the month is Highway 55, which is close to my heart. They actually just put a new restaurant in, which makes it close to my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Kenny Moore founded Andy's, which is now Highway 55 in early 1991 from the ashes of an old Defunct restaurant in Goldsboro. It only had five hundred dollars to his name, but he took the risk to open this uh, restaurant and show his vision. He knew he made a good cheesesteak and made great burgers, but he also thought he could create an atmosphere, which is the fifties theme. Over the last twenty years, it's now grown to a hundred stores. Oh wow! In the southeast, he's doing great. Uh, he's building franchises. Uh, it is really good. We've been there a few times, and it's packed in Conover. Uh, and even though he's had to change the name, it was Andy's. It's now Highway 55 because he had a trademark and mm-hmm. uh, registration issues. Uh, but he still calls his best burger, Andy, after his son. Mm-hmm. So it's great family restaurant over 20 years. He's built it from $500 and a, a broken-down restaurant to 100
3: Store chain, so he's doing really well. It's a great story. Well, it's a it's a good restaurant too. I took my boys there to go eat there a few weekends ago, and it was uh, was a cheese steak is great. That's good. good When I go, I haven't been
1: there yet, but it looks like it's sort of got a fun atmosphere to it, and and.
2: Probably not a lot of health-conscious
1: type uh, yeah, options there. Really but good <laughs> ice
2: cream, really good fries, and it's
1: stuff really the, that we shouldn't eat. But the diner does. sort of uh, approach to a restaurant was my takeaway. Yes. So.
3: I had to get on to my boys, though, because they tried to take their iPad and iPhone in there. And I said, no, 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 we're not going to sit at a 1950s-style diner restaurant and play on our iPhones. So you've got to keep those in exactly. the car. You gotta, we're going to try to keep this experience pure. So <laughs> Well, oh, good for you on that one. Yeah, yeah I was going right. to say,
2: I'm glad you're successful. That. Yeah.
1: <laughs> My small business of the month is a small company in Selma, North Carolina, which is called Teaching Horse, which is a leadership training organization. And I, I got to spend a couple days there uh, this fall where they use horses to teach people uh, to improve their leadership skills. And they focus on uh, how horses operate in herds and how each horse in the herd takes certain responsibilities and whatnot. And and uh, they put small groups out working with the horses and explaining the roles and important attributes of leaders, uh, uh, how leaders have to show the proper attention to their herd and use energy and provide direction. And importantly, be in congruence, which is making sure that the external actions that you have are similar are. are compatible with your internal actions. You're not just a two-faced, uh, conniving person. So I uh, uh, had a chance to work with the owners, uh, June Gunner and, and Beth Hayek in Selma, North Carolina. They've worked with the many different organizations, Kaiser Permanente, Ingersoll Rand, the Center for Creative Leadership and more, where they bring in groups to do their leadership training. And I went had the opportunity to go through our small business center network. And it's a really uh, valuable uh, insightful couple days that we got to spend with them, and and uh, you can find out more about them at uh, Teachinghorse dot com. The name of the organization is Teaching Horse, and uh, uh, very insightful uh, uh, individuals run it. And you get to walk around with horses. You don't actually ride the horses, but you have to. Uh, you get to you get to lead the horses or try to lead the horses. That sort of depends on your your leadership you- skill. Uh, I, I did okay it took it, you know it wasn't like the horses just came to me and said let's go you know sort we have to <laughs> you gotta build a rapport with them gary it's not it's not easy it's not it's easy, easy to be a leader you do
2: that with all types of folks and now animals
3: well if you can get the if you get the horses to follow the people are easy so there, there you go. go that's i mean that's that's fascinating i'd never heard of that concept before so that is really really cool well, i'll check should. that out that's interesting so
1: all right, well, we, uh, we've we concluded our second annual Business Lessons from the Movies, and uh, you've got our movie picks. We wish everyone a wonderful holiday season, and stay warm, have good holidays, and we look forward to talking with you again next month.
2: Have a great holiday. Thanks. Thanks.
1: All right, take care.